Hello, hello. So I wanted to say one quick thing before I get into the episode today, which is that registration is closing this week for quantum up-leveling. I have a couple of spots left and I'm really excited to work with those of you who have already signed up. This is a small group. Uh, it's how I'm going to be transitioning my work, I think, in the future because I'm just finding, like I did a connections reading for a couple yesterday and I've worked with the woman a few times already and I just really enjoy going on the journey and being able to unpack things at like a reasonable pace and dig into stuff and really utilize uh, the information in our chart to really create change and level up. And so Quantum Upleveling is a three-month container with me that will include multiple readings with guidance and also appointments that are dedicated specifically to, uh, to deconditioning, whatever you need to decondition. We're going to focus on one to two big ticket items that you're looking to transmute, uh, over those three months. And it's a great time to do it because it's kind of closing out this year, 2023, we're moving into a chariot year. Um, and so getting clarity right now, and making some space and getting kind of on the right trajectory can be really helpful moving into next year. And yeah, I'm going to close out registration at the end of next week because I want to make sure that we have a proper three months together. So if that's something that interests you, you can find it from the Barney and Flow homepage if you uh, select, I think, work with me or sessions. I don't remember what it says now, um, and select quantum up-leveling from the drop-down menu. You can read all about it. We're going to work with the cosmic trinity, so it will be working with your design and your natal chart, but also working with your human luck and your thought pro processes and your patterns and your the words that you're using and the actions that you're taking and your emotional hygiene and also working with your earth luck, which will bring in some feng shui and maybe astral cartography and your human design environment. So we're going to work with it holistically, which is my favorite way to work with it. And yeah, you can read about it there and uh, shoot me an email if you have any questions. I'm also happy to hop on a quick chat with you if uh, you, you want to talk about it before signing up. So that's that. Okay, welcome to today's episode about not being afraid of the dark. Um, I'm really excited to get into this topic. It's been on my mind a lot recently. Um, I've had, I've spoken pretty openly about the fact that I'm in a Saturn perfected year and I have some other challenges going on like Saturn moving to my eighth house, which can be hard on the body and has been hard on my body. Um, I've been in a fourth house progressed moon year up until like a couple of days ago. I just moved into the fifth house. Yay, but also into Scorpio, which is like, if you uh, know much about astrology, you know that a Scorpio, a progressed Scorpio moon is one of the ones that is probably talked about as most challenging. I'm hoping that my fifth house of creativity and joy is going to temper that energy a little bit. And I'm hoping that I have, the fact that I have so much Scorpio in my chart, um, is going to make that a little bit more easeful because I'm also not far from moving into a balsamic moon phase. So 
fourth house progressed moon can also be quite challenging. It's very insular. Uh, it's interesting. It completely coincided with me leaving Portland and seeking new home. Uh, and I've still been in that liminal space, like really going deep inside for a couple of years, which was not the plan when I left. And recently there's been like a lot of kind of dark energy coming up to be healed. And when I went to Sedona, I worked with a shaman uh, who I was curious to see if they were going to see what I'm seeing, you know, uh, and they did. And they were like, I tried to clear it, but it's going to be something that you need to clear yourself, which fun for me. <laughs> but also I kind of knew it, you know, um, we often want to find like the magic thing, the magic person that's going to like wipe away our suffering and pain. And it just doesn't work that way. Like we really are our own greatest healers most of the time. And sometimes we need a little guidance. Like I loved working with that person for lots of reasons. Um, but, and sometimes we need someone to hold space or sometimes we need someone to hold our hand or sometimes we need someone to help guide us along our path. But the you know, roll up your sleeves, get your hands in the muck work is usually our own. But it's been up for me, like the kind of path that we can take when we're facing something that's dark and the fear that can come up when we've maybe in our lives already been through something fairly traumatic. You know, it's kind of like with anxiety, once you've had an anxiety attack, a lot of those sensations in your body uh, will create fear in your mind that you're going to have an anxiety attack and then it will create an anxiety attack. It's like a vicious cycle that we get stuck in of being like afraid of experiencing something uh, less than comfortable to the spectrum, down the spectrum of like intensely just, you know, uncomfortable. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about, you know, diving in and not shying away from these things. And also from the perspective of we've been in such a collective balsamic moon phase. <laughs> like we have been pulling up the roots. We have been tilling the soil. We have been walking through the muck. We have been in liminal spaces. We have been facing our demons and our fears and to for myself and for clients also to look at your chart and know you're headed into an individualized container of that yourself after everything feels a little bit like fuck you know um and I had to like reckon with that first like okay I'm headed into a Scorpio progressed moon phase I'm headed into an eighth house perfected year a Saturn is going to be my time lord again and I'm not far out from a balsamic moon phase. Like, okay, we are about to like rectify some shit, you know? There is going to be some serious spelunking and uh, psychological evaluation and diving into the dark shadows and the need to be willing to do that because when we fight it, uh, it gets a lot more challenging. And I also wanted to talk about this because one of the problems that I struggled with on social media was like, 
the kind of bypassy love and light everything is great look at me on a beach in Costa Rica drinking my smoothie you know it's just it gets to be like unrealistic like we're all going through challenging things and I am by no means I do not speak that way with my clients like I'm up on some um floating lily pad I've got it all figured out I've like been through it I've done that I'm good now like I'm still traversing my own stuff I'm still traversing my own cosmic weather and my own uh karmic patterns and ancestral patterns like a lot of what the dark that's coming up right now uh for me is not mine like it's something old in my ancestral line or something that I carried through um in in my past lives that needs to be or down my fractal line depending on what you believe that needs to be transmuted and for whatever reason it's my turn so um I am working with that and I am bringing light to it and uh it just made me think that I really wanted to have a conversation about the more challenging elements because there's also been a lot of talk recently about kind of feeling like faded by our natal chart and like feeling like we have no control and we absolutely do like headed into all of this you know turmoil because that's what's about to happen and that's what's been happening I've already been in a Saturn perfected year and I've already had Saturn move through my eighth house who who will be leaving soon so that will be a little reprieve Saturn is my out of sect malefic because I have a night chart so he's a bit more challenging for me and brings a little bit of a harsher vibe to his lessons um but it was really important that I like really take care of myself this year and I have been it's been a top priority um I've had a lot of downtime and I've had a lot of uh, space to take care of my body and to explore my own healing on a different, deeper level because healing is not linear, it's spiralic, and we're always coming back around to heal something from a different perspective, a different place, a deeper level. And going into a Scorpio moon and an eighth house perfected year with Saturn again, like I'm preparing myself and I'm contemplating what that looks like for me and what I need to do to embody that energy and to channel that energy so that I can utilize it rather than have it, you know, mull me down. (laughs) Um, And there's a real beauty at these phases, you know, at Uh, And I'm going to talk about it from a few different perspectives. So I wanted to read you a a poem first, a very famous poem by Robert Frost called The Road Not Taken. It says, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was a grassy and wanted wear though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. 
Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So we walk a lot of paths in life, and we often seek the one that feels easy, you know? It's easy to keep greasing this groove and stay in this job that's not working for me. It's easy to stay in this relationship rather than leave and and walk into the unknown. Oftentimes, whether it's conscious or not, we choose to stay with our own suffering because we know it. We know what it feels like to sit in that discomfort or... to sit with that contraction, you know, rather than leaning into expansion and seeing what happens because what we don't know feels scarier than what we have perpetuated in the cells of our body, you know? But really, the path that's less taken the kind of unknown path, the shadowy path, is the one that often will grant us the greatest transformation, the greatest prosperity, the greatest alignment with our purpose, the biggest level ups. Um, it's a path that requires some tilling and Sometimes that's a deeper excavation. Sometimes that's burning it all to the ground. You know, we talk about um, wildfires in the sense that obviously we don't want uncontrolled wildfires, but there are controlled burns because when you burn it all down, the soil is most fertile from that place of destruction. But we can be really, and rightfully so, afraid of the dark, afraid of shadow. Um, and so I wanted to talk about some of the, well, one in particular, I was sitting here doing a, a reading prep for one later uh, for someone who was born under a balsamic moon phase. So genetic matrix started showing our natal moon phase. And if you don't have genetic matrix, then you can totally like look it up in, in the Google Almanac, what phase the moon was in when you were born. And this will tell you a little bit about yourself. Um, and uh, I'm working on a module for the collective for those of you who are interested in moon phases and progressions, but um, I wanted to just touch on the balsamic. Um, so folks who were born in, under a balsamic moon, or it's sometimes called a waning crescent or a dark moon, tend to feel like they're having a really karmic lifetime. Like this is like a final phase, like they've been doing it, they've been moving through it, and now they're like wrapping things up. There can feel like a destined quality to their life, like they can't quite put their finger on what it is, but there's like a sense of urgency to kind of figure it out, like what they're here to be doing. 
They can feel like they're always straddling endings and beginnings, like trying to tie up loose ends so that they can move forward and create that nutritive environment for new seeds. So it's a life of really turning the soil over and like making it, you know, we have a real problem in the world with soil depletion. <laughs> like the food that we eat is grown in really stripped soil and there's such a lack of nutrients compared to what it used to be like, especially in the U.S. Um, and we want to do the opposite here. Like you want to create as nutritive as an environment as you can. And it's kind of like emptying completely out so that you can fill yourself back up with, um, with new, new, new ideas and new experiences and new ways of being. So, uh, it means too that like many, there will be many karmic connections in this life. Um, you might feel like you're tying up loose ends with past lives. Like when you meet someone, you feel like you've known them forever. This may be a life where you're like, hopefully bringing some pattern that you've repeated with this soul to resolution. Um, relationships for you are much bigger than the whole, like we all learn from our relationships, you know, kind of thing. This is a really unraveling and unveiling and like bringing closure to uh, patterns that have been repeated over many lives and allowing them to be transmuted and transformed. There often needs for balsamic babes to be making some kind of conscious break from outdated old traditions that don't serve while also like maintaining some traditions. Um, but there's like a break from some old identity and destroying some aspect of self. So working with Kali, uh, the goddess deity destroyer energy is a really great one for this, for these folks. Or like when you're just in a balsamic phase in your life, um, balsamic people can see in the dark a bit. They're drawn to mysteries and unraveling mysteries. They're visionaries, much like a six line role model they're like ahead of their time and there's a prophetic quality to, to who they are that they need to embrace and not hide. They're really like bringing the future into the present day construct in some way and often they're doing this through like distilling the wisdom of the past. So that's a little bit about balsamic people. Uh, we each like go through a balsamic moon phase collectively every lunar cycle. Uh, it's the dark moon phase before the new moon, so we're tilling the soil, we're planting seeds, we're making the soil like super nutritive so that we can... My dog is snoring. So that we can deeply bury those seeds in the soil in the new moon phase. Um, but each of us also uh, goes through a progressed lunar balsamic phase. This means our progressed moon has moved into a balsamic phase. And you can pull up your natal chart on astro.com and pull it up with your progressions. So you do the extended chart selection, you select progressions. And then you look at the relationship between your progressed sun and your progressed moon. And when the moon is ahead of the sun, 
So it's gone past the sun and it's coming all the way back around and it's behind the sun now uh, between 315 and 359 degrees. That means that you're in a progressed moon phase. So our natal moon phase, like if you were born in a balsamic moon, that creates a predisposition. And then our progressed moon phase modifies it over time. It's like laying a filter over it. Like when we talk about any transit, you don't become that thing, but it's being modified for the time that you're in that phase and like distilled with the qualities of the balsamic phase. Our progressed moon phases last about three and a half to four years. So we're like in it. Whereas, you know, I said like my progressed moon had just moved into the fifth house of Scorpio for me, that phase will last about two and a half years. Uh, but the, the balsamic phase, or like if you're in a full moon phase or a new moon phase or a first quarter phase, those phases will last for three and a half to four years. So what is it like to be in a balsamic phase? It's intense. It can be intense. It can be like a lot of letting shit go. Like you may wake up and just want to get rid of everything that you own or like, like get in your rage and like burn it all down or, um, you know, balsamic can have to do with death and loss. And it, that can be an actual death or loss of someone in your life, but most likely it has to do with a death or loss of one of yourselves. Like this is a time where you're really, you're nourishing and you're recharging. Like it's a time to pull back and not be so focused on output. Uh, it's a time to release the inauthentic. It's a time to like let go of what's not serving us and what's not feeding us and what we don't want to continue. It's like an internal winter. Um, so sometimes if you can take extended breaks from work, that can be great. Uh, you want to really focus on like taking care of your health if you're in a balsamic moon phase and taking care of your body. Um, it may be that you like make physical space in your environment, like you clear out your home or you sell your home that's like been in, in the family for a long time and you move. Um, you might have a baby in a balsamic phase because it's a time of like gestation. Uh, the important thing is to remember that your energy is most likely going to be lower. There might be a lot of like emotional stuff coming up to be healed. And we want to be gentle with ourselves, and remember that it's temporary and probably like the most intense part of it will be like the two years in the middle is like when we're kind of in the thick of the wave of it. Um, but you want to like rest and prepare for the next phase. So you're spending this time like preparing yourself for a new moon phase uh, so that you'll get more out of it. And you just need to really honor your energy when it's low. And all of these things I'm saying would also, uh, relate to every month when we pass into the dark moon balsamic phase together before the new moon, we, our energy drops and we have less motivation. And it's kind of like a little personal winter where we can do some spelunking we can do some exploration. Um, 
we can let go of some things that we need to let go of in preparation for what we want to plant. You know, we talk a lot about new moon phases and full moon phases and like planting your seeds at the new moon and letting go at the full moon. But really the dark moon phase is a time to like let some shit go and till your soil uh, so that you can plant those seeds in like really nourishing soil and conditions. It's also a real liminal space, um, you know, and I have a round table planned uh, next weekend we're going to be discussing, so I will upload it shortly after, hopefully, about navigating, waiting, especially for sacral beings and projectors and reflectors who have to really kind of wait to make those big decisions and can feel like they're really in a liminal space. So that's coming. There's also just an element of dancing with the darkness, you know, and when I was kind of having, or when I was asking for guidance from my, from my guides around all of the dark energy that I'm dealing with, I got some moth medicine that came into my life and moth medicine is really beautiful for a balsamic phase because moths are obviously like most out in the nighttime, but they're always drawn to light. They're always dancing with light. Um, it's important to remember that the dark and light are like co-creative forces. One doesn't exist without the other. Only through like the blend of light and dark can we find truth and authenticity and transformation and purpose. And uh, so moth totems are like really good to think about if you're moving through a balsamic moon phase or you were born under a balsamic moon. Um, I was listening to, on the way back from Austin, this podcast called Pulling the Thread or Pulling the Threads with Estelle Frankel, who's a psychotherapist and Jewish spiritual teacher. And she was talking about good and evil. And so we often think about light and dark and good and evil and uh, good and bad and all of those very polarizing, you know, words. And she was talking about it like a stew. So she said, I want to read what she, what she said. Uh, she said, well, I like the one stew. Like when you cook a stew, there's a lot of ingredients. And some of the ingredients, if you just ate that ingredient, it might not be so tasty. Like let's say you throw a chili pepper into your stew. That's kind of what, you know, evil is. If it's isolated all by itself, it can really burn you. But when you put it in the stew... When you work with so many ingredients in life, something even more delicious happens. So evil is evil when it's separated from the whole. And when we use the defense mechanism known as splitting, where we try to separate good and evil into distinct domains and we don't see the blurring of boundaries, we don't see the overlap, we don't see the humanity of our enemy, then that isolating of evil can create a lot of trouble in the world. So by seeing the humanity of our enemy, we can maybe work with them and bring them back from the brink of total destruction. What goes on with wars is we enemize our enemies. We other to the degree that we think we can destroy them without hurting ourselves. We have to be thinking about our interconnected web of life. 
I mean, so good. I had never heard this woman speak before, but I found a lot of resonance in that, just in in the ways in which we like other the things that we're afraid of and we like other our shadow. That's why we do shadow work, uh, which is prevalent inside the collective. And one of my favorite things is to look at your gates and work with their shadows and transmute those energies into the gifts. But it's, you know, it's quantum mechanics. Like light does not exist without dark. Goodness not exist without evil. Our greatest gifts are often mined in like our darkest minds. And this like fear of the darkness and the othering of the darkness and the othering of shadow and the ways in which we can kind of other the unfamiliar and the unknown is where we get into trouble because we can really walk into these phases with our eyes wide open and this is why i think understanding your cosmic weather and cosmic timing is so important because when we don't understand what's going on it can be debilitating you know if you're going through a scorpio progressed moon phase and you don't know it it's much harder than than saying like okay i'm moving through this phase and yeah i'm going to be emotional and yeah i'm going to be like digging into some dark stuff and it's going to feel kind of tumultuous and uh and you know you're like you know why it's happening you know you know why it's happening you you know you're not like all of a sudden losing your mind and when we shift into these it can be kind of dramatic um when we're moving in and out so i just wanted to speak a little bit about that today and hopefully it serves someone well uh to to remind us all to dance dance in the dark while seeking the light and um to not be afraid of the dark and to not be afraid of the unknown and to not be afraid of the liminal spaces and to choose our experience as we move through those things rather than being a victim to them we always have agency we always have choice we always have tools and knowing when we're going to need to like really resource ourselves you know i've looked back at when i went through a fourth house phase before and or when I went through, actually, I would have been very young when I went through a fourth house phase before, but when I went through a perfected um, seventh and eighth house before, and it was a bit gnarly, I'm not going to lie, but I'm much more resourced now, and I didn't know anything about perfections or what I was going through then, and now I do, and that makes a huge difference for me and the ways in which I feel validated and the ways I can give myself permission and the ways in which um, I can dive in, you know, and use it. And that's what I'm always saying with cosmic weather and with our charts in general, like how do we utilize the thing rather than like having it be diagnostic and there are always ways. So. So let's talk about that for a second. Just a couple of quick examples because I've talked about a lot of the heaviness, but I want to remind you of the beauty of these things too. You know, um, an eighth house can be challenging 
there can be loss, there can be challenges with taxes or challenges with other people's money or an inheritance. Um, but it's also the realm of the soulmate. You know, the seventh house is really partnership in the marriage sense. And the eighth house is like that intimate soul connection. It's also sexuality. And like, how can we get into better relationship with our authentic sexual self? Um, it's an opportunity to stand in your power and like evaluate where you've been not doing that in your life and how you can um, work with the power dynamics in your life to be in right relationship. So those are some things about the eighth house that one might explore. Also, it's going to matter what planet rules your eighth house and where that planet is and what other houses it rules, if any. Um, but that's a little bit of like how I might navigate an eighth house here and like try to utilize that energy uh, by leaning into the ways that I can amplify my own power um, and stand more fully in my power and uh, in my sexual self and exploring that energy. For the Scorpio moon, mine is on the fifth house. So um, for me, well, one, any Scorpio progressed moon is going to be more emotional, most likely, and uh, a good cry every day, or at least fairly often, is a good thing. And just letting yourself move through those emotions. Uh, I'm studying an emotional release technique right now, so I'm going to really focus on that uh, these next two and a half years for myself and for clients for deconditioning and clearing out. Um, also, just obviously practicing really good emotional hygiene during this time so that you don't get overrun and like letting it be a time where you're supported to empty out your emotions, you know? Um, and then with mine being on the fifth house, you know, if you're someone who has kids, it may be that like some of this energy gets channeled through children in some way in your life because that's like a big part of your creative force. Um, for me, it might be that I do some inner child work which I am doing. It may be that uh, I really focus on my creativity and like expressing my emotions through my creativity. I was an actor for a long time and I, I haven't done anything in the past couple years, but um, it's something that is a huge outlet for me and it's really about like playing and doing the work, which is fifth house's play and creativity and um, so maybe I'll take an acting class during this time as an outlet for myself just to have a space where I can go and have fun and, and play in other worlds. So those might be some ways that I would channel that energy into positive places because really the energy just wants to go somewhere, you know? So if we have somewhere for that to go and we're supporting ourselves and we have outlets, then it's going to be less challenging. So those would be a couple of examples of how I might work for myself or with clients on how to really 
navigate uh, certain certain aspects and certain um, weather patterns <laughs> in our space. It's really a lot about understanding that we're we're always moving through phases, you know, and some of these phases take us deeper into our emotional well and some of these phases are more about play and romance and outward expression and some of these phases are about career and um if we know what phase we're going through and we can really honor that phase uh we can understand that when we're in a balsamic period there's a bit of an ebb happening it doesn't mean that there can't be any flow you know but we need to take more time for ourselves. I was working with a client the other day who was headed, who is in a balsamic moon phase. And she was like, all of a sudden, I'm just, I don't want to work as much. I don't want to. So like, what are the ways that we can honor that while still adulting in the world in the ways that we, that we need to, to support ourselves and have a roof over our heads. And, um, but it's also like an opportunity to really dive into to certain sectors of your life and root around and up level in those areas, which is why I love some of these timing techniques so much and, and why I have them in the collective for people to be guided by because there's so much information. There are so many facets of our life. Uh, and sometimes, you know, for the sake of career or partnership, other facets like an 8th house, more psychological year, or 12th house, uh, more retreat year uh, of subconscious work, those get a little less attention. Um, And so this is an opportunity to be like, okay, this is the energy that I'm in. How can I really support this part of my life? And every time we do that, we become more whole versions of ourselves. Um, so we can really hunt for the beauty in each, in each phase that we move through. And, you know, we personally move through phases. So you may feel like you're in a balsamic moon phase sometimes when you're in a full moon phase, or maybe you're in a full moon phase and you really honor the balsamic phase of the lunar cycle every month. Um, as uh, menstruating women, we move through phases. Can we honor those phases? You know, a menstrual phase is a time of retreat. In some ways, can we honor that and give ourselves space for our intuition to come through? Um, And also, like, part of being, quote-unquote, in the dark are these liminal spaces where we're in between action or we're in between responding or we're in between waiting for the right invitation and how can we choose how we navigate those spaces rather than feeling like we're just floating along how can we use them as a time to be prepared or uh, as a time to kind of amplify the things that we want to create or as a time to put good rituals in place and good routines or as a time of magic and manifestation so there's beauty in all of it and nothing happens in a vacuum you know like you may look at your chart and be like oh i'm having a 
sixth house here or 12th house here or I'm my time lord this year is Saturn or um I'm going through a balsamic moon phase or my progressed moon is in Scorpio but there's a lot of other things going on in your chart and in your life and a lot of other influences and we always want to think about everything holistically uh, as much as we can and, and that also offers us opportunity to lean into gifts you know when we look at our charts and we look at all of our squares and oppositions it can be daunting but we can look to our trains and our sextiles as ways to amplify the gifts in our life um, and help us with those like challenging arguments that square is having you know um, so yeah it's we always want to think about it from a space of wholeness and and you know not get too hyper focused on like one or two things that are happening in our chart in a way that's like myopic and not honoring the fullness of our experience members there will be um a moon module coming as an extension of the the moon field guide which is already in there if you want to dive into some shadow work as we're moving into fall in the northern hemisphere it's a great time to start looking at your shadows and like letting some stuff go uh, the deconditioning module is packed full of tools for shadow work and also for emptying out not self and conditioning and i think that's all i had to say